We've just got a great commercial project downtown, commercial building. No one's buying commercial buildings. You know what that commercial building's next to? The most ultra high-end residential property in this town. Welcome to the Next Level Income Show, where it's our goal to take your income, your investments, and your life to the next level. I'm your host, Chris Larson. If you haven't yet, get a copy of our book for free at our website, nextlevelincome.com. That's www.nextlevelincome.com. Just click on the book link, and I'll even send you a copy if you put your address in. On today's show, we have Jeremy Delk, born and raised in a small town and from a blue-collar household. His parents worked for the post office. However, Jeremy always held much bigger dreams, and he longed to experience the world outside his small hometown of Bardstown, Kentucky. By the age of 19, he was earning thirty dollars to $50,000 a day as a day trader from the desk of his college classroom. He felt invincible. But as quickly as the money came, it vanished just as fast. After amassing almost $2 million in his early 20s as a day trader, it took him only four days to lose it all. Moving on to Wall Street, eventually he decided to go out on his own. Today, more than 20 years later, Delk Enterprises has holdings in biotech and healthcare, consumer brands, technology, building materials, and real estate development, one of our favorite. Jeremy now focuses on investing in and advising entrepreneurs through speaking. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited as well, man. We're, uh, we're going to have a great conversation. Um, we were talking about uh, Asheville and you know you you have a little experience coming down here to to Asheville North Carolina and one of the things is and um, you may know this but you know the Biltmore was built by George Vanderbilt and you know unfortunately uh, the Vanderbilts have they have a unfortunate family history about making a lot of money and then losing a lot of money over a period of time and one of the things we're passionate on this show is is teaching you know not only the current generation but also the next generation you know, how to earn money, how to keep money and these, these financial skills. And I think your life story is just going to be a wonderful illustration of that. So maybe you could start off by sharing a little bit about, um, your story, how you, how you got to this point. Yeah, no, for sure. Just sidebar. So was it George or Cornelius, right? I, I did the, I'm a big architecture so, guy. So I did the architectural thing. So it was it yeah. Cornelius the one that blew so it? So George built it, uh, Cornelius, I believe was his father, um, who had the, uh, the, 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 uh, was it the shipping empire and then um george and then the, the succeeding generations are the ones that uh that ultimately blew it unfortunately so gotcha. i'm gonna go and double check all my facts yeah. here yeah yeah um well, no, but, but yeah. it's so true what you what you said i i, I was yeah. i've got a, i mean i look at deals every day right and i've got a, yeah. a group that's come to me to to do a, a hospitality project and we're in lexington kentucky so yeah. a bunch of university of kentucky athletes right so some big ones right from um, yeah, mainly from basketball, but we've got some football guys now. Um, yeah. and so that's now these groups are now wanting to kind of come back and, and they just, they don't know it's the lack of education sometimes in advisors is, is crazy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. one, one of the guys like, I was like, well, does he even have, because you know, it's not a project, but you know, it's not a small project either. And I'm like, does he have any, does he even have that kind of money to, to go through talking about this particular athlete? And like, man, he, I mean, he had a massive contract. I mean, I, I think he's made a lot of money. I'm like, uh, it's not what you make, buddy. It's what you keep. Right. And I think that's yeah. just kind of exactly to your point. Um, yeah. and that financial literacy that just isn't taught, uh, sometimes. And then you, and also doesn't always come in that whole idea from saving for a day. Um, and I think it's about, it's raining out here literally. And I think probably figuratively here, here soon too. So, um, so yeah, uh, just definitely can't, can agree with that more. Uh, I'm a native from Kentucky to answer your question, uh, about an hour south of here, uh, in Bardstown, Kentucky. So we're the bourbon capital. Oh yeah. I know. Bourbon. So yeah. I got Maker's some, Mark. I got some Bard. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, yeah, Jim Beam. I mean, those are you know Blanton's obviously really hot. Woodford Reserve down the street, but um, small town USA, small town yeah. kid. Um, and you know, growing up, I always had this kind of yearning, kind of like a big fish, small pond mentality, where I always wanted to kind of go and do more, see more, and be more. And uh, that's led me to um, a very windy road. I have a book um, that defines my life. It's called Without a Plan uh, because where, where I've kind of journeyed, there's never been any kind of beacon, but very windy road. I always had this mission to, you know, get to Wall Street. Um, and I ended up there um, for a pretty successful but short-lived career uh, on Wall Street. Um, but the path that got me there was very windy and tumultuous and filled with massive ups and um massive downs but that's kind of what shapes us and i think you know that level as you go through life in general whether you're an entrepreneur or not but especially entrepreneurship uh that the the, that's actually probably a slip of tongue with tree sometimes but um as you go through it you know if you can just keep moving forward um and not dwell, but look back at some of the, not the good times, good, good times come and go, but really the bad times, that's really what shapes you. And it gives mm-hmm. you that confidence to take yeah. the next bet, to take the next step yeah. forward. Um, so, yeah. That's, that's such a good point. And, you know, I was, um, you know, I, I like to say like with adversity comes, you know, durability comes resiliency. Right. And that's one of the, you mentioned, you mentioned sports and athletes and, you know, we, we, we learn this as athletes, right? We see that, you know, we watch athletes, we, we know anybody that's been experiencing it, but it's almost like we've forgotten it as a society. You know, we want to shield our children from pain. We don't, you know, we, we want to say, oh no, we're going to, you know, we're going to, um, you know, give, give this person something so that they, you know, they can get, get to where somebody else is. And I think what we learn as entrepreneurs, what we learn as athletes is that if you don't learn about those pitfalls. This goes back to the Vanderbilt story. If you don't learn about the losses, if you don't learn about the pitfalls, if you only know the upside, then you're not only are you not going to appreciate it, but I think you're going to be doomed to lose it ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably one of my biggest fears. I don't know your background, but just on the, you know, that, that whole adage, I'll mess it up, but you know, hard times make great men. Easy times make weak men, right? He said, that's "Oh, that's fear. even better. I got to write that, that, that down." That, that, yeah. that, that's my that's my biggest yeah. fear, right? Is you know, is fucking up my kids. Truthfully, right? Is yeah. they they're growing up way different than I grew up, which I'm I'm thankful oh, yeah. for. But yeah. but like also, they're not having any because we protect and insulate. You try to give them lessons that are different, but they're never going to be as hard charging crazy and maybe that's a good thing i don't know but that's something i i truly struggle with and i've come to peace with yeah. eventually they're gonna humans they're gonna be who they're gonna be yeah no matter what you do yeah but just trying to be there and be a loving supporting component and just kind of steering them but i gave up a few years ago um through some really good counsel and some advice from friends and stuff that like you just gotta let them go right because and I'm trying to, I know your, your boys are a little bit older than, than mine. You're 11 and 13. I yeah, think you said, 13. right. Yeah, um, yeah. I've got a nine and four year, the four year old issue yeah. my dog is going to be me. I'm we're all scared of her. Um, <laughs> she's an animal, but like, they're probably not going to be that way. And that's okay. Yeah. But you know, just make good people, right. That That's the, yeah. the piece that's kind of tough. And like, you know, you just exactly. like, Jack, you know, with your kids, you know, um, hustling and working a little bit at, at holiday parties and making a few hundred bucks just to try and yeah. if they want to be entrepreneurs, I yeah. can really be helpful to them, but I don't know yeah. if, that, if that's, if that's their path. And 
Um, yeah. yeah. That's a beautiful thing. I want to come back to that because that's really something that I think like you, Jeremy, I've spent, I spent a lot of time thinking about because our life is way different than mine growing mm-hmm. up. My mom was a, now I say she was a teacher, but she was really an assistant teacher. You know, so she mm-hmm. was making like 30 grand a year. My father passed away when I was five. I had a stepfather. He was a contractor. He did fine. But, you know, I made more the first year I got out of school than either of my parents ever did. And, you know, it's just, you know, that, that helped teach me a lot of stuff. Cause I had to, I had to grind and do different things. Um, but I, you know, in, in your intro, you know, I talked about, you know, some of the, some of the things that you've gone through. Um, but maybe you could tell us about some of those early, early losses and, you know, what it taught you. And then ultimately what you, you like how you use that in your next stage in life. I'm laughing. So you definitely got to listen to the book on the way up to, to Maine. Because like we're kindred spirits. I mean, very, very similar. Like yeah. my, both my my mom and my stepfather um, worked at the post office, so I had that blue collar type of upbringing. Yeah. Um, I lost my dad when I was seven. So like Sorry. very similar stories. Yeah. But like I think the the piece that you go through is just that resilience because you have to go through. Like we have all experienced trauma, loss, defeat, yeah. failure. We've all experienced it. Like as humanity, yeah. what, what I found personally, and this is a lot of introspective stuff with, you know, sitting on a, on a couch with the therapist for a long time and then analyzing deals that went well and deals that didn't go through and doing that autopsy. Yeah. What, what I've analyzed is that if you have the courage to look back and not dwell or be a victim, but understand and learn from it, You've never really failed, right? You you've learned making the same mistake because wow, yeah. you haven't educated that that's that different mentality. That's the definition yeah. of insanity. But as long as you're kind of going through and 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 learning, you def you don't know what's what's you know behind door number two. Just that that level of kind of keeping on going, and that's you know that that's kind of what's done it for me. So just quick tidbit story, and I, I, because you made more money, like so, I. W- had like a $30,000 inheritance um, when my dad passed away and my mom thankfully always just let me kind of go do my thing. Right. I was always that kid that's kind of going through. So I, I dreamed about going to, to New York only wanted to go to New York because, you know, my education, this is you know, internet had just kind of come out. This is, you know, 96, 97, yeah. but my only, you know, understanding of New York was like the Godfather um, and my last name is Delk. <laughs> so Great. I'm not going to be in the mob. Uh, and, Great movie. And, like, dude, and, those movies are and, so and, good. And, and Wall Street, like that, that was like, yeah. that's what New York was. Right. So that got me interested in my, my, my mom had put some money in like a mutual fund and, and I just started reading. I was reading like Raging Bull newsletters online. I was investor business daily, Wall Street Journal, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. So I just self-taught, um, in a variable market, um, started day trading and yeah. I turned that 30 grand into a couple million bucks um, in about two years, which was a huge accomplishment, huge feat, a lot of luck. And in thankfully, and I say this in retrospect, it happened, it was horrible, but thankfully I blew it up in four days. I lost everything. Wow. And wow. Um, it was probably the best lesson that happened to me for multiple reasons. One, I mean, 19 year old kid, full of testosterone. You're not going to tell me wait anything, right? I was at school in Providence, Rhode Island, you know, decent looking kid. I mean, like I, I was going down a path, like, like a fake world, right? That just doesn't, or everything just doesn't go that well for you for that forever. Um, so it taught me um, a ton about humility and 
you're never you know too smart to learn you're always like that's yeah. part, that's why i love entrepreneurship and i've been yeah. industry agnostic in what i invest because business is business is business so i love that learning and discovery phase that's that's what i really enjoy about it and the creativity but the biggest taught me is like you have a choice right and we all do like i had a choice when i blew up 2 million bucks my story could have been young kid lost his father went to college on a scholarship and I wasn't a good student, but I had worked my ass off my student in high school. Day traded, made a couple million bucks, went bust because everyone did. It was a dot-com era. Yeah. So it was just yeah. bad luck. And I went back home to Barchown and became a successful fill in the blank. That would have been an okay story, but it wasn't going to be my story. Like I was like, I was besides the money, I like, I squandered what my dad left me. I was just self-hate i was it was it was a disaster i bought a condo by that time and my friend i like every freshman does right i bought a 20 foot tall ceilings double fireplace i mean i was living the life of a mid 30 year old bachelor at 19. so i had these liabilities even though i'd acquired them you got hoa fees rent you know yeah. rent, oh, yeah. um, hoa fees mortgages you had all these things that go through and your your your, your mom the assistant teacher you know my parents were both making you know money at the post office but you know, middle class, upper is a stretch. I think middle yeah. class. So, yeah. While she would, uh, while they, not my mom, my, my mom, I said, would give the the shirt off their back. Um, they didn't have the ability to. They couldn't bail. So, it, yeah. It, yeah. So, if which was great because if I had it, if I had a, um, if I had a safety net, it wouldn't have worked out. So I wouldn't be who I was. Which is back to the point of fucking up your kids. Because it's just that knee-jerk reaction to go through and help them. Yes. And the fact that I had my back against the wall, that's how I've lived my life is like, this is on you, buddy. Figure it out. Like that level of pressure right, has kind of pushed me to, to be where I am. So, you know, I had that choice and I went out and started hustling odd job to odd job to odd job, renting apartment, recombing Fitch, doing landscaping, which I had no clue how to do. Lasted like a week. But you look like you look like you can swing a shovel. <laughs> but I was, I was in renting apartments and just through happenstance and my fourth job started meeting this guy. I got a commission every time I sold um, a, a rental unit and this yeah. guy relocated to Boston and was in temporary corporate housing with a company called Fidelity Investments. And I'm just talking to him. It's this 19 year old kid who had a pretty good breath and market knowledge, but no technical skills other than, you know, long and short. I wasn't doing any option strategies, but I just had a pretty good understanding of two Qualcomm and JDS Uniphase because that's what yeah. I was oh, doing. I traded those, um, yeah. And this dude's like, who the fuck, kid? Right? What, what, where are you? And then he's like, you know, we consider a job on Wall Street. Meanwhile, like, <laughs> no path how to get there, but that's what I always wanted to do. But yeah, that's great. But I'm from Kentucky. I, you know, before I moved, I had like more of a Kentucky accent. Like, you know, I'm from Kentucky. I don't have a college degree. Like, yeah, it's just not for me. And he's like, well, what if I gave you a chance? And you know, a three month process of background checks, all the stuff that you've got to go through. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got the job and, nice. and I still finished, um, but I converted to nights night college and started working full time. And that's so, and then, and then I rebuilt myself, ended up moving to New York, got transferred to Fidelity in New York on wall street. So like at yeah. 20, I was the youngest trader at Fidelity investments history, three, seven, 63, all those things at 20 years old. So 17 year old me had no way. And you couldn't script that. You couldn't script yeah. that journey for three years, but then I was back 
I'd made it back in three years. And then 2021, um, yeah, 2021, I resigned from Fidelity. Similar to you, making twice as much to both of my parents, right? My mom and yeah. my stepdad. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you, kid? <laughs> You've just blown up two million bucks. You finally stabilized yourself. Now, now you're, you're in the most expensive up. city in the world and you're going to fucking quit. I'm like, but I wasn't, like, I just saw myself dying and, you know, dying in creativity and emotionally, you know, corporate America is for probably a big part of the population. Entrepreneurs don't really throw in They don't fit in America. there, yeah. They don't, but I think a lot of them, uh, a lot of them are, very scared and maybe some of your listeners have can relate to this it took them so long to take that leap because they were so scared of the outcome and i guess this very long rhetorical component to like that two that's why two million bucks blowing up was the best for me because like fuck i'm not losing two million bucks i'm just losing an income i've proven that i can come back and make the money at 20 years old 21 year old to myself so like I didn't have to wait till 40 when I actually had real responsibilities with kids and mortgages and houses and all that stuff. So that blow is what gave me the courage to say, fuck it. It's the worst can happen. Fucking lose it. I can go again. And that's so, and that's, but, but you wouldn't have, yeah. you wouldn't have that if you didn't have that experience and take those chances. Now I'm a sicko and probably not normal. I don't recommend you do that. This is not advice by the way. Uh, but it, there's, there's all lessons you can learn and it's all about how, did they happen you know, to you or did they happen for you, right? I think that's, I the, that. that's the piece. Today's show is sponsored by Money Insights and their Investment Optimizer Strategy. In my book, I share how I use the same strategy starting over a decade ago to invest my money in two places at one time. This strategy has been used by the wealthiest for generations for estate planning, minimizing taxes, preserving wealth, and increasing stability for their investments. Now you can do the same thing. In addition, you can build a plan to build an emergency fund, pay for college, fund a business, plan for retirement, and ultimately optimize your total financial picture. To find out more information, check us out at the banking link at nextlevelincome.com. Yeah, and that is so important. I think there's there's a lot of things, and you mentioned uh, the kindred spirits. Like we can we can trace back a few things. Um, one of the things that I've come to realize is, and I, I love this expression, with finitude comes gratitude. And when you realize something's finite and it might end. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, for us, Jeremy, when you lose a parent at such a young age, Malcolm Gladwell writes about this. He talks about how there's this, this uncanny correlation between like us presidents, CEOs that have lost a parent. And I, I didn't realize this until I read this in, you know, like 10 years ago. And I said, wait a minute, why is that? Now, as as a as an analytical guy, as an engineer, you know, I look at it and I think I thought of it like an equation. I said, "Well, yeah, if you divide anything, def- I'm sorry, divide anything by infinity, like when we're young, right? You think you're yeah. invincible. Like I, yeah. you say that in your bio, like you know, yeah. you have like this invincibility. Most of us do when we feel young. We think we're gonna live forever. We don't have a concept, you know, of mortality. So if you divide your time, you know, by infinity." The value is it's it's hard to put a put a place on it. As soon as you know that life is finite and you might not live another day. And really, when my best friend died when I was 19, it really defined that because, you know, as a 19 year old, he was 18. I was like, well, I might not live to see tomorrow. Now what? Whereas yeah. when I was a kid, I knew deep down that I needed to 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 do something with my life. But um 
I, I think it's it's one of those things that you would never wish on somebody. Yet at the same time, it gives you this perspective on your life that that makes it so important. Um, and you also mentioned, um, you know, you, I forget how you said it, but my I, my boys, you know, they make mistakes, right? And I, I say, listen, it's it's okay to make mistakes. I said, but you got to learn from them. That's what you were talking about in the context. Like, do you learn from your mistakes or do you go and repeat them? And I said, look, you're not stupid if you make a mistake. But I will tell you what, if you keep making that same mistake, now you're stupid. Like you've got to learn from that mistake. And yeah. when when you don't learn from it, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of pointless um at that point. And you know, I, I was I was chuckling at your story of walking away because my buddy, when I left the med device space, I was in a in a leadership role and I was making quite a bit more than he was, and he was in a in a good spot too. And he, I told him, I was like, Hey man, yeah, I'm leaving, I'm resigning. Him. He's like, do you hate money, Chris? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, no, dude. Like, I, I, but there's, there's this opportunity that I'm giving up and, and doing that. So, so you walk, you walk away from wall street, which again, it's, it's crazy, right? I know a lot of people are like shaking their heads that are maybe earlier on in their journey, but as, as entrepreneurs that have been somewhat handcuffed in corporate America, right? We can, we can relate to this, but you know, what was the what was the thought process that went through your head as you did that? And you know, wh what are you up to now after you've left that role? Now, what almost two years on, right? Yeah, well, no, twenty years now. Talking about this is 20, 20 oh, years now. Oh, yeah. one, two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. I apologize. Yeah, so, I heard. Yeah. So, so, so it worked. It was the right move. <laughs> twenty years later, it's still it's still Delk Enterprises. Um, just quick, as Malcolm Gladwell, I want to check that out. Yeah. I didn't know that stat, but that that makes so much sense about the the lost parent thing. Um, I'll pull it up. I forget if it was uh, Outliers or it if it was David versus Goliath, but I'll yeah. Uh, let me know because yeah. I, I just googled it while you, while you yeah. said that. Um, so for me, and I I, I want to kind of just went through because I, I know we we are short on time, but you know for me, uh, why I left and why I don't sound like I'm from Kentucky anymore. I had so many ideas, convinced myself I knew they were good ideas. And they just fucking wouldn't listen to me or like, yeah. you know, like, Hey man, just keep your head down kid. And I thought like, fuck, maybe they just think I'm, I'm an idiot because I sound like I'm like a hillbilly. Right. And I didn't, I didn't have a strong accent. I was like a, like a preppy kid. I wasn't even a, like a hillbilly kid, but I was a prep kid by that accent. So I even tried to change my dialect and how I speak to maybe see they wow. would listen. And then what yeah. I realized is there's a different game. Like all you need to do, and especially big multinationals, don't fuck up. Like don't expect, yeah. you know, don't get canceled. Don't like, but just, just keep this quo and, you know, you know, being outside the box is not a good thing in that world. And that's yeah. why I like do like, this it's guy, I was driving, yeah. I was driving a B, he was driving a Bentley, but he was 40 years of my senior. Like, fuck that. I couldn't do it. So I was just like, yeah. I, I, I won't be happy. I have to have that creative stuff. So, um, tw last 20 years has been, I started a real estate development company, building materials, We've done a lot in healthcare, regenerative medicine, animal health, health. Um, we've got a, a a company we started in March 2020, which is a great time. Um, doing biological age and epigenetics. Um, Love that so space. We've yeah. taken from from zero to like 15 million bucks uh, in top line in a very short period of time. Just published a great study with Harvard. I'm doing these podcasts, kind of coaching, and like I wrote my book just to full circle it. I wrote my book. Um, with this, which is either without a plan, hit that one point that you just kind of talked about. We'll go to Malcolm Gladwell, and and that it's we don't have a finite amount, finite amount of time. And yeah. you know what I do with most most 
coaching and consulting clients is just make that real. Like, you know, I've lived a pretty successful life. I've taken companies public, I've taken them private, you know, Inc. 500, you know, um, top 24 companies in, in the U S top four in healthcare. Um, I, I've done some really cool things and none of it has been with a 200 page multi-pronged step plan. I had a direction of where I wanted to go and just started. And that was a big part of my messaging is that you're not promised tomorrow. If, if it makes sense to, and that's at everything fucking ask the girl to marry you to buy the oh, company, yeah. make the hire, do the deal, expand the product line, buy the company, whatever that is, just do it. Cause you know, you know, everyone's so will suffer from this paralysis by analysis yes. right now. Let's go to real estate. Like I know you got a bunch yeah. of real estate guys. Let's go to real estate. Everyone's fucking scared. Dude, I've just fucking bought three multi-million dollar deals fucking leaning in because everyone's fucking scared. Like we've just got a great commercial project downtown commercial building. No one's buying commercial buildings. You know what that commercial buildings next to the most ultra high end residential property in this town. It ain't going to be a commercial building very long. It's going right. to be, it's going to be condo. Like, so like, yeah, converted, you gotta yeah. look, you, you, you gotta look at things in a different lens yes. um, and, 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 and the so deal important. still, the deal still kills. It's going to be a massive IRR at 7%. So like, you got to look where real money, where, where things are going, not what you're getting fed in the news and the media, right? Wayne Gretzky, can, skate to where the puck's going to be. Where it's going to yeah. go, man. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the media. Yeah. Unfortunately, the media doesn't help you, you know. Well, like it does help me. It doesn't help <laughs> the most. It helps me because whatever the fuck they're saying, just fucking do the exact opposite. Right? Yeah. It there you, well, there you go. But it yeah, doesn't yeah, help yeah. most people. Yeah. 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 They don't, well, they don't help with the, you know, they, they prey on people's fears. Right. And it's like, Oh, be scared. Like, look what happened. Look at that. But yeah, it's, it takes a special person. I think that's what's different about entrepreneurs is you look forward, you say, okay, what is, what's possible? You take the risk, you know, corporate America, it's about not taking risks because if you take too much risk, you're going to get fired. And that's not, that's not helpful. Um, if, if you want to maintain that role, but the people that, you know, I love, I love talking about this on the show, which is, I, I am so optimistic about the future of this com this country, the world. People talk about the environment, they talk about energy crisis, population crisis. Um, I mean, you name it, there's a crisis going on right now. But entrepreneurs seem to always come up with solutions and do that. And that's what's amazing about America is that we have this culture, this resiliency, this ability to do that. And if we don't fall prey to to the news cycles or even some politicians that tell you, Hey, you can't do that. Or you're destined to fail because of this, or you're in the spot you are, you know, but if we look forward, not backward and look at what's possible and use, use our strength that we've gained from the past, then it's, it's amazing what's possible. Yeah. I think the best, the kind of just easy rule of thumb that you can do, whether that's, you know, media, third party politicians, you said, and, and, and unfortunately more times than that, it's the friend, it's the spouse, it's them with us. And I think the best thing I always kind of do is like, whenever they say you can't be done, they're talking about themselves, not you. I love that. Yeah. 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 Cause, and that's a great point. Cause as the ego comes up to the surface, if, if they say, oh yeah, you can do it. What they have to do is look in the mirror and say, well, they can't, if, yeah. if Jeremy can do it, because it's a choice he made, that means I'm not doing it because it's a choice that I made. And people have a really hard time doing that. That's why it's so important to choose your spouse, to choose your partners, to choose your friends so carefully in this space, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. So now 
Um, fast forward to today. I know you kind of caught us up to that point. Who are you working with? You mentioned working and coaching entrepreneurs. We're going to have a link to your book in the show notes here, and we'll give you a chance to tell the audience where to get that before we sign off here. Um, but who are you working with? Like you got your own stuff going on. You said you also coach and help others grow their businesses and get to the point where they can take the next step. Yeah. So I'm an investor. Plan. It's a, I'm a capitalist investor that likes to make money, but secondarily, or actually that's secondary to the primary goal is like, I like learning and I like winning to disrupt something. I love, I love being told you can't do it. Fucking great. Tell me I can do it. And then watch <laughs> me go. Like that's the biggest like motivation to me. So um, I also like figuring out complex problems. So yeah. I'm, you know, yeah, I'll talk about mindset, I'll talk about other things, but like, I'm not the guy that you call if I want to grow my business 7% year over year and kind of go through, like, I like to come in when there's a dumpster fire going on, or you've just been at $10 million a year, um, every single year and just can't get to 20 or, you know, wh whatever those, those pieces are, I like to kind of come in and, and help. Cause that's where I can really add the most value. Um, it. so it's, it started with, um, I get deals and decks all the time and, you know, it, it's, it, it kind of helps me, you know, it, it lowers my due diligence cost, but a lot of times it gets me to know the entrepreneur more. And if I just add value to them and there's not an investment opportunity, that's okay. I, I'm happy doing, it. but a lot of times it's led to me, um, being a partner and an investor because so many people that are struggling yeah. and this have to be a, you're doing 10 million, you could be doing a million, like wherever they yeah. are and they're or doing a billion, I, 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 it doesn't really matter. Um, but where I'm able to add the most value, um, is kind of just helping them, you know, get out of their own way and look at it from a different piece because I've been in so many different industries, like from that yeah. agnostic approach. So that's been kind of the, uh, the most fun for me. Yeah. I love that. Sam Zell and his book, which God rest his soul. It's a phenomenal book. If you haven't read it um, and you're listening today, am I being too subtle? You know, he's like, like you, Jeremy, he's agnostic. He got to start in real estate, you know, can, can, uh, can relate like that, but he was a businessman. He looked at things and he was big on relationships. He was big on forming those relationships, those connections, but also on, on the long-term trust of the people that he worked with. And yeah, I love, I love what you said, you know, when you coach people and you work with people and you look to help them, you get to know them in a very, very personal way. And if you can add value, then a lot of times those, those partnerships can arise out of that. Because most of the time they come in and they, I need to raise a million, five million, 10 million. Right. But that doesn't solve their problem. Like no. gives them resources yeah. to then solve the problem. So I like to get a little bit deeper. So at Delk Enterprises, you get the website, it's strategic yeah. capital. Yes, we have cash, but most of the time, we can get you to a quicker result because we have the shared services, right? You need fans, you need marketing, you need regular, what, what is it that you need? Then yeah. you can get that. Cause just giving you the money, then you have to go and deploy that capital. So I yeah. try to shorten that, that, um, you know, value chain. Um, and that's whether it's human resources or software or, you know, just looking from perspective. Yeah. I love it. So if somebody's listening today, got a business owner, they want to scale to the next level. They want to get in touch with you, or they just want to read a copy of your book, get some more inspiration from your story. What's the best way to get in touch with you, Jeremy? Uh, I'm Jeremy S. Delk on all socials. Um, Instagram's probably the, I think a bigger Facebook, but I, I actually have Instagram on my phone. The rest of it's my team that will respond to you. Um, and, you know, jeremydelk.com. So, you know, reach out, there's, there's links, there's free things on the website. You can kind of download that are great tools that I've used to scale multiple hundred million dollar businesses. Um, the book is everywhere. Um, you know, uh, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, Target. So you, you can get the book anywhere. Um, we did release on Audible early part of this year and David Goggins um, 
publisher, same same publisher as I. So if you've listened to Goggins' book, yeah, um, we had a professional um, narrator do the whole book, similar to Goggins. Like we had this um, like podcast interview kind of thing after each chapter. Oh, I love I that. Just, That's a great I idea. I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy your audio book because I want to I want to hear that. I love it. Because love it's, like, it's more like behind the scenes. So I'm trying to shift yeah. people to the audio piece because it, it kind of gives you that other perspective yeah. of things that are just, you know, you know, it, it's good. Hopefully Goggins didn't beat me up for it. Um, but I, I thought I found so much value for it because you hear the narrator's voice and that's what you hear it. But then you go in to hear David talking about what was that really like? So I try to do something. So I'm not comparing my book to Goggins for the record, but that's what we did. It's okay. That's a good book to compare it to. And uh, yeah, it was really, I loved, I loved his books and and the, uh, I just listened to his last one um, on the way up to Canada with my family um, between Christmas and New Year's here this, this past year. And yeah, it really, it sheds a different light on it. It gives a real heartfelt sense. So I look forward to, I'm going to listen to your book. Um, so if, yeah, without a plan available on audio, jeremydelk.com, we're going to have all the links in the show notes here. Jeremy, I look forward to connecting with you and thank you so much for sharing your story with the audience today. No, thanks so much. I'll definitely look you up when I get into Asheville. Appreciate it. Hey, Chris here again. I hope you found this episode valuable. Now I have one more thing to gift you. We have a page for my coaching clients where you can get a free copy of my book, as well as much more from previous guests on the show. Just check out nextlevelincome.com slash coaching to get a free copy of my book, audiobook, and much more. I'll send you a copy of my book and cover all the shipping costs as a thank you for listening to the podcast. Also, please like, share, and take just 90 seconds to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts.